This is Salesforce Simplified, the podcast from Ad Victorium Solutions. Here's your host, Mike Boyle. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Today on the Ad Victorium Salesforce Simplified podcast, we've invited Refine Labs CEO Chris Walker to talk about the state of B2B marketing today. Now, before we begin a little bit about Chris, he leads a powerful team of Folks at Refine Labs, that would be refinelabs.com, which is challenging the current reality of B2B marketing and sales. He and his team help B2B companies change how they think about measuring and executing marketing so they can stop worrying about lead volume and start generating revenue. Now, in addition to his CEO duties at Refine Labs, Chris also hosts Revenue Vitals podcast which mixes live Q&A and chats with some of today's top B2B leaders to share some tangible advice and tactics. And he also creates some really exceptional content daily on LinkedIn, which is how we found Chris. So if you're in the B2B marketing space, you just need to start following Chris today. Make sure that's the first thing you do after you listen to today's podcast. With all that, Chris, welcome to the Salesforce Simplified Podcast. We're big fans, and it really is a pleasure to have you here with us today. Mike, really appreciate the the amazing intro. You got such a great radio voice, I'm, and uh, looking forward to getting into this. Let's talk about the state of B2B marketing. What are some common mistakes that you see B2B marketers making, and how can they avoid them? I think basically you can categorize the challenges that B2B marketers face today into three core buckets. You have mindset, you have metrics and measurement, and you have execution. And my strong belief after advising and working with more than 200 high-growth B2B companies in the past four years is that the actual issues start at mindset, then get driven down to measurement, and then negatively impact execution. And so the actual way to solve this is not to have your B2B marketer try and run their ads better or make a better piece of content. You actually, as executives and business leaders, need to look at this at a much higher level and think, what is the actual mindset of marketing? So let's get into that. The overall mindset inside of B2B companies is that marketing is a servant to sales. Marketing's job is to get leads or other types of signals through MQL scores, buying lists, scanning trade show booths, running content syndication to get, quote unquote, leads, contacts at an account so that their sales team can try to sell to people. And the fundamental shift in the mindset has to be our job of, uh, for marketing inside of our company is to drive buying processes at scale independently with all of our target accounts all the time to create an ecosystem with all of our target accounts so that they're learning, progressing, understanding the business problems inside of their own business, what the metrics should look at, what the solutions could be, what people try that fail. And you need all of the key people inside of all your target accounts to be getting that information all the time. And before in the, you know, even up to the mid 2010s, it was the mainly the job of the sales professional to do all of that work. And what shifted and it continues to accelerate is that buyers don't want to talk to a salesperson to get basic information like pricing or features or to see a demo. They want to be able to do a lot of that buying independently on their own using sources that they trust, which include their peers, online reviews, your own website, your competitor's website, places like that. 
And so we need to shift the mindset from marketing's job is to get leads for our sales team to marketing's job is to influence and progress all of our target accounts into buying cycles, moving them in market so that we can so that they want to buy when they engage with our sales team. That's the fundamental shift. It moves down to metrics, right? So if you're in the lead gen, the old school lead lead gen is what our job is for marketing camp, then what's your marketing team going to be scored on? Probably MQLs or leads or some derivative KPI of that, like cost per lead, that and that's what then what is the execution turn into that? High volume lead generation, let's go and find the cheapest leads, which are most often also the lowest quality leads. So the mindset goes into the metrics and then to the execution. The mark it's not the marketing team's fault that that's the KPIs that they were given. So they execute against those KPIs, they hit them and it doesn't help their sales team win. In the new mindset, we want our marketing team to drive and influence all these buying processes at scale with target accounts. Then what metrics do you use? You're probably going to look at target account engagement on your how many of your target accounts are coming to your website. You're probably going to be looking at how much pipeline is being created inside of those target accounts. What is our sales team saying about the quality of the meetings that are being generated? How would that influence execution? What type of content would we create? Who would be the person creating the content? How would we be distributing it? All of these things change and shift based on the mindset and the metrics. And so that's sort of my overview look. And it's really interesting if you're a business leader or an individual marketer that's going through some of these challenges to think, where is the process breaking down inside of my company or my career? Is it at the mindset level, the metrics level, or the execution level? Um, And so that can help you sort of problem solve and identify what's the most important thing to fix. It's typically not the execution in my experience. Chris, I know you've done hundreds and hundreds of B2B marketing campaigns to date. Is there a favorite one you've done recently? Maybe talk a little bit about some of the key factors that contributed to its success for one of your customers. Hmm. You know, there's a, uh, it's going to be tough to describe because it was a very, it was a very visual campaign but we did one for a company called Algolia. They sell to developers in a PLG, PLS type of motion. And just the like copy graphic design was just out of the park about their search feature and how it drives revenue. Um, and so, yeah, we do staff. We have an 18-person content and creative team here that does animation, video, web design, integrated campaigns, digital, social media. And so that team, we've probably like, I'm trying to quantify the total amount, but it's definitely in the hundreds. It could be in the thousands now of total campaigns that we've run for B2B companies. And so through that, we've just learned a ton about what makes a good campaign and how to be successful. Obviously, you know, it's very important for B2B companies to have a strong online presence today. That's just a given. Any tips for building a strong digital presence? Yeah, I mean... To get really down to the basics, like you got it. It's weird. Like a lot of companies over-prioritize their website. Let me put it that way. They over-prioritize their websites. They build a ton of website pages and they spend a lot of time doing SEO content, which was the quote unquote best practice strategy in the early to mid 2010s popularized by HubSpot and other vendors. And when those strategies were developed and popularized, social media was in its infancy Facebook was only used by college kids. A company like Pepsi didn't have a Facebook page when this stuff was happening. And the progression of what's happened with social networks, private communities, a lot of places like this over the past 10 years is that it's basically how people use the internet and get information today through social networks. 
And so if you are not present in these key places where your buyers spent log in multiple times a day, some people 10, 20 times a day log into LinkedIn to consume content and, and collaborate. If you're not there, then you're missing out on potential business. And so there's just been a shift in how people get information today. I think people spend, people still go to Google search, right? I don't know, the data is clear. People still use Google search. I'm questioning the impact of those searches relative to other things today. Um, and what we find is just like well-executed social media strategies will always, would always beat a SEO strategy. I'll give people a very good example. Um, over the past four years, my company's grown from zero in revenue to more than $15 million in revenue in the past four years on the back of LinkedIn and a podcast. And there is no way that our company would be coming even close if we had leaned in primarily to SEO. There is no way our company would be even close to this big if we did that. And it just helps, it tries, puts it in perspective for people um, about what's, where is the actual business impact happening today. And I believe that it's hap- mainly happening on social, both upper and lower funnel. You, you talk about this a lot and you've kind of touched on it you know, already here, but how can B2B companies effectively target their ideal customers? Yeah. So when it comes to an overall like demand engine, I break this into three core places. So you're going to have one level of demand capture. Demand capture could include retargeting people from your website, getting intent data, about what accounts are on your website and then prioritizing outbound against them, getting intent data based on who's on G2 and then prioritizing outbound against them, just buying the core keywords and categories for G2 or Google search that your customers would search when they're looking to buy you. You have an element of demand capture. That's basically the B2B strategy today. That's the, the sole primary B2B strategy today. Outbound based on intent data or MQL scores, retargeting, and transactional like SEO, uh, SEM, SEO affiliates. There's actually two other layers to this. You have a what I call a dark social thought leadership strategy, which would include live events, a podcast, organic social media content in the form of video or text or things like that that could actually create website content and YouTube content as well. So you have that, which is basically what we're doing right now, what I do on the Revenue Vitals podcast and through LinkedIn. And then you need to have an integrated campaign strategy to create demand inside of your target accounts. And that's what we help a lot of B2B companies with specifically because we just have a process dialed in about how exactly to do this. You got to be able to identify who are your top accounts. Are you going to go after your strategics, your enterprise segment, your commercial, your SMB, all of them, all of them and segmented campaigns. So what is, what's the actual target accounts that you're going after? Step one. And then how am I going to make tons of different variations of messaging, positioning, customer and social proof, thought leadership content, video, animations? How am I going to make a lot of different creative campaigns across digital channels that target that are that go after these accounts that actively progress them through buying cycles, get them on your website, get them engaged, get them consuming content, get them trying to do an ROI calculator if that's a play that you make. And using the targeting capabilities and the overall activity of B2B buyers on a platform like LinkedIn and using that to get in front of all your target accounts super fast for relatively less expensive than any other B2B marketing tactics that's used today, like content syndication, outbound sales, buying, building trade show booths and other things like that. 
I'm really looking forward to the answer to this question because I hear you talk about this all the time. How do you measure the success of B2B marketing campaigns? Depends what the goal of the campaign is. In like a high intense search, like you sell FP&A software and there's a buyer in Google search that's searching FP&A software and you're going to buy that keyword, you should be measuring it on dollars of pipeline created versus dollars of ad dollars spent. You should have a ratio of pipeline dollars per ad dollar. And then eventually, if you go at it long enough, you should be able to get to a close one revenue over like ad spend dollar and just get ROAS. So for demand capture type of stuff, you should be measuring against ROAS and cost of acquisition. And then when you think about demand creation, this is where a lot of B2B companies get stuck. And I'm sure B2C companies get stuck on it too, because everybody's looking for the atta- like attachment to revenue. And the core thing about demand creation, especially inside of dark social channels today, is that the measurement is very difficult to accomplish with the current measurement methodologies and technologies that are used in companies. And so the overall effectiveness of a campaign, like if you run a big campaign and you're like a leading sales tech company like Clary or Gong... Like you may not feel the impact of that campaign on the first day or within the first week. And so it's actually very difficult to sort of correlate this overall. So I don't, I never recommend that companies try and measure the success of a campaign. I instead say that you should make a bunch of campaigns and then measure the success of the channels. And so it's not about, because you're going to run, maybe we run a campaign for Clary. Across, we, you know, we use Six Sense and do some programmatic. It's over a LinkedIn. We use another tool and we target across Facebook and Instagram. They might do bring that and build it, uh, bring it over to web and out of home and part of their trade show or field event strategy. And then you got a big campaign. And like, so how are you going to be able to measure the effectiveness of all those things? I think it's going to be really hard. And so what I'd recommend instead is put a bunch of campaigns out on LinkedIn and different things and then see what your customers say is working. And when you get the information directly from your customers, like it's just super easy and it's super clear what to, what to keep doing and what to stop doing. You've uh, touched on this a little bit, um, social media here, so let's just stay here for a second. Let's talk about B2B companies using social, how, how to effectively you know, promote their products and services these days, and, and maybe some of the best practices. I, I know you yourself for Refine Labs you know, are, are on uh, LinkedIn. Are, are you finding success in, in other channels? Are you using TikTok? First, let me talk through what we're doing, and then let's talk through B2B companies broadly. The order in which we built this overall system, right? And so the idea is that you build one channel, it's working, you keep running it, then you go and build another channel, you get it to work, and you start getting compounding gains by having multiple channels being effective and running at the same time. So we started with LinkedIn. I still can, four years ago, I still continue to do LinkedIn, right? So it's not like, oh, you know, we did LinkedIn for two years, now let's move on to a podcast. It's, it just builds. So LinkedIn, then live events that we do every week, then the podcast, then TikTok, then YouTube shorts. And all of a sudden you have like five heavy channels that are distributing content that all gets created through live events and podcasts and probably drive somewhere between 90 and 97% of our overall revenue. And so the issue in B2B companies is that... Number one, their company page is a throwaway most of the time. Nobody gives a f- if you're going to post about Happy Earth Day as your company or a, or a picture of your offsite. It's not going to drive... If you want to use it as a recruiting tool and to do that, great. But it's not going to drive business results that way. 
not at least on the net new revenue side. Another thing is that like what it basically comes down to is executives don't believe in it. That's really the discussion that needs to be had here, that executives don't believe in it. And even if there's people like I know a CEO that a CEO of a thousand person company that challenged their his the leaders on his team about whether or not LinkedIn was an effective channel. And then they got a bunch of data that showed how much revenue was being driven through that. And now that CEO posts on LinkedIn four times a week, hosts a podcast and does all the strategies. He went from somebody that didn't believe in it six or nine months ago to his pot committed, fully executing it. And they're crushing it. The company's crushing it. Fundamental foundational shift in the overall company's thinking and strategy at the executive level. And that's the magic that can happen. But most companies are that CEO nine months ago. And most companies aren't looking for the aha of why they should be moving on social, despite how obvious uh, the opportunity is. Misconceptions with B2B marketing, Chris, uh, how can companies overcome them? That it's hard to do getting the right people, being in the right places. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they you know make up you know lots of excuses. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. B two B marketing is hard. Sales is hard. Building products is hard. Running a great finance team is hard. Everything in B two B is hard, including marketing. And so it's not about whether. And then the difference about whether or not you execute well on those, I find is typically driven by how how well and how much the executives in the company believe in it. I've gone into so many different companies, have conversations with a CMO or a CRO or a CEO. And at the beginning of the, the calls, they tell me, I don't think that we have the right people on the team. And I tell them, after doing this with so many companies, what I usually find is that the people on the team are high quality and can get the job done, and they're not being put in a position to succeed by the executive team and the marketing leadership. And when you put them in a position to succeed, they thrive. And maybe you got a couple people that aren't going to make it, but you definitely don't need to clean house on your 15-person marketing team right now. And the people have the talent to execute. They need to be put in a position to succeed by the executive team, the company, and the board. You've talked about the depth of uh, the people that you have on your team in terms of you know, B2B marketers. Can you talk a little bit about skills that B2B marketers need to be focusing on and, and developing? And perhaps maybe there's you know, somebody who's young, listening, starting out in this career, you know, some advice that you might have for them to build a successful career in B2B marketing. I think it's always, it's hard to, I can give blanket advice here, but I'm going to go a little bit deeper. It really depends on what your goal is. Right. If you want to be a senior marketing manager, make 120K and take care of your family and have all the weekends, you're going to have a different plan than the person that wants to be the CEO of a $100 million run rate company. But some like blanket things that I think would make marketers far more effective at any level and gets increasingly important as you, as your level goes up business acumen and financial basics. You got to be able to read a P&L. You have to understand how to calculate cost of acquisition. You need to understand key metrics that your finance team is looking at every day, every month, every quarter. Getting primary market research directly from customers in qualitative and quantitative formats. Every marketer should be doing this, not just the product marketing team. So all marketers should be engaging with customers, understanding them, coming up with perspectives on overall strategy and tactics. I'd be hard-pressed not to say that if you are a marketer today and you don't create content 
for yourself or your business, then you're really missing out. Like it's the number one driver of business results today is content that gets put in social networks. So if you don't understand the two parts of that, the actual content creation, getting customer insights that then lead you to what is the type of content that we should create to address objections, to shift the narrative, to help educate people. Like, what is that? And then you have all of the downstream stuff, which is content distribution. And sometimes companies like split this between two people. So the people creating the con- the people getting the insights, the people creating the content, the people distributing the content are three separate teams. And sometimes the data to get, doesn't get passed around. And like the reason that I get such great insights is because I come up with the insights, I make the content myself, and I publish the content myself, which then leads me to 50 or 100 comments, DMs, and other things like that, that then bring me back the insights. And so understanding all three parts of that loop, insights, content strategy, and content creation, and then content distribution, uh, mainly on social platforms, I find to be, I, I would be remiss not to mention that. I think those are three strong areas. And then I think that, I think if you're a marketer today, I don't want to get overly like tech on this one, but I think you need to understand how to build reports inside of your CRM and look at data in the right way to make informed decisions. If you have to ask your marketing ops manager to build a report for you in Salesforce, then you got some challenges. You should be able to do that stuff yourself. You should be able to slice it, create reports, build dashboards look at different data and know what you're looking at to drive the right conclusions and strategy. And then I think something that's on the fringe, I think a lot of marketers should be experimenting with AI. I think the benefits of AI in the short term are going to be operational. So taking a, you know, six step manual process that partially is done by humans and automating the whole thing, I think will be the automating the whole thing to 80%, I think will be one key thing. And so marketers that used to be able to to create three blogs a month now could probably create 60, 100, more than that, just through operational efficiency. And there might be some there might be some wins to gain there in the short term. So those are the things I think marketers could be focused on. Obviously, I didn't cover everything holistically, but those are a couple of key points. Chris, before I cut you loose, there's two things that I wanted to uh, cover with you. After all, this is the Salesforce Simplified Podcast. You folks there at uh, Refine Labs, you have your own Salesforce app. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So what happened was we would go, we worked with over 200 B2B companies. Most of them use Salesforce or HubSpot, many of them Salesforce. And we would go into those companies and we would do the same manual, like quote unquote, marketing ops, rev ops work for every single customer. We would do the same exact work, build the same dashboards, the same reports, map the same data, same automations, all that different stuff. And so we basically found a pattern and said, hey, if we created automation around this, then we would be able to do this for a customer in one day instead of six weeks. And so what the Salesforce app is, amongst other features, it it basically automates the use of a custom object to do full funnel marketing ROI tracking. It could actually be sales tracking as well. So you could do basically full rev ops. And basic, basically what it comes down to is the best practice inside of every B2B company for should be using a custom object to do full funnel tracking. Lead Date stamps and lead stamps are not enough anymore. You should be using a custom object. And so if you believe in that theory that you should be using a custom object to get all the visibility, then you have to decide, am I going to pay my marketing ops team or a marketing ops agency 50 to 150 grand to build this? Or could I install automation software that gets me 80, 90% of the way there? And then I can configure the rest of the way myself 
and save $100,000 in six, six to eight weeks of time. And so that's the overall proposition on here that basically, if you believe in the idea of using a custom object in Salesforce, we've automated 80, 90% of it, and you can configure, self-configure the rest based on your business needs. So that's the Salesforce app. And uh, there's more information about that uh, on your website as well, refinelabs.com. And when you go there, there's also a really cool resource that B2B marketers should check out too. It's called The Vault. What would people find inside The Vault? The insight on The Vault is that about two or three years ago, it's part of what I mentioned earlier, is that it, it's not that B2B marketers aren't talented enough to get the job done. I found often that it was either being restricted from executive by executives in the metrics or just simply not having the right information about what to do. And so what we did at Refine Labs is created a product and membership product that B2B marketers or marketing teams can buy that basically has validated information, playbooks, templates, step-by-step guides of all the things that we've done with B2B customers for the past four years. So we've done it with more than 200 companies. We've had a lot of reps. We have a lot of opportunity to optimize in a a far different view than a marketer has at one individual company in terms of repeatability and scale. And so we've taken all that that information, packaged it into a asynchronous learning system with videos, templates, and documents that gets complemented with live learning classes, some classes that I teach, group coaching, and other sort of like live learning sessions, in addition to a network of B2B marketers that includes a uh, like social network component of it, as well as job boards and other professional development things. So that's the vault overall with the goal of basically like creating the next wave of CMOs. And I highly recommend it to everyone. Chris, this has really been a pleasure to have you on the Salesforce Simplified podcast. There is a part two. I have a whole other bunch of questions for you. We'll do that down the road. I hope you will come back. Mike, thanks for having me. Really appreciate you having me on the show. Great chat. Thank you, sir. And if you'd like to learn a little bit more about Chris and Refine Labs, I'm going to be placing some helpful links inside this episode's show notes. I'm Mike Boyle from AdVictorium Solutions. Thanks for joining us. For the latest edition of the Salesforce Simplified podcast, our next episode is just around the corner. You've been listening to Salesforce Simplified, the podcast from Ad Victorium Solutions.